You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 60 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So I think this one should be a very informative episode for the listeners who are new to writing. We are going to talk about different types of editing available to you and what you should expect to pay for it. I have a few notes on that. And for the more experienced writers, we will share our views on which type of editing you need when you are a bit further along in your writing career. And it's so sad. I know a lot of authors are not excited about editing, but I absolutely love editing. So hopefully we can let that enthusiasm leak through and not have (laughs) people go running away going, oh my God, editing, I hate editing. It's, It's so exciting. I love editing. Yeah, but that's good. I don't know quite how I feel about it, so it's good that one of us love it. (laughs) I can say wholeheartedly that it's one of my favorite parts of writing, because to really take something that might be rough, might not be rough, and to turn it into something whole and get it ready to be released is just, it's such an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to get into all of that, but hey, Autumn, I got to tell you, at our house, the the boys <laughs> and I have uh, been home alone for about six days now, so it's not good. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know your wife was away. That's yeah. uh, So three bachelors in the house, what yeah, have you guys it's, been it's doing? Just, it's no good. I mean, it, without my wife in the house, things just get really unhealthy really fast. Oh, <laughs> that's horrible. So she's the linchpin that keeps everything together, yeah, I take yeah. it. Yeah, so, you know, the boys, they, they sort of, you know, they do their begging eyes and stuff uh, about <laughs> unhealthy food and say, can we have this and that? And then it's like, yeah, okay. So we, we, we've been cooking unhealthy food <laughs> and uh, my youngest was uh, at one of his classmates' birthday parties yesterday. And yeah. then uh, when we got back home, we turned on the PlayStation and we played FIFA for something like five hours together oh while we were God. eating candy and popcorn. So it's just like, this is no good. This is a side of you I hadn't known existed. I was so shocked. But it yeah. sounds like a wonderful bonding experience. And it's an amazing segue into what's going to be our next episode. But I'm going to save that for the ending. So it's very yeah. fitting for the next topic. Yeah, that, well, that's good. But I, I am happy to say that my wife returns from Finland this evening. So. Oh. I am really looking forward to that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I, I hope you've made her a welcome home banner and <laughs> tidied the house and everyone well, is filled on their junk food now. Yeah, well, the, ti- the the house has been tidied and cleaned and I did all the laundry this oh, morning excellent. as well. So that's pretty good. And uh, no, I mean, the boys and I have been enjoying ourselves, but uh, I must say I do prefer when she's around. <laughs> it just uh, <laughs> And the funny thing is, I, I don't know if you if, if you feel this as well, but it's really weird. But when she's not in the house, it's not that she has to, you know, lie in the bed next to me, but I just sleep better when she's in the house. I don't know why. It's so weird. 
Well, maybe it's just like 20 years living together that does that to you. I don't know. But it's just like when she's not in the house, I don't feel, I don't sleep as well. No, I totally Weird. agree. And especially, it's for me, like if I know Adam's away, I can like tell myself, you know, I'm alone and I get myself to sleep. But if he's having, like if he's sick or he's having a bad night and so he goes and sleeps in another room to not disturb me, it actually disturbs me worse because I wake up and I just, I just feel that absence. And I'm like, where yeah. are you? Are you okay? What can I do? And it's just like, oh, this is just it's totally counterintuitive he leaves so that i don't you know he doesn't wake me up and i'm like no you left you woke me up yeah but it's weird and and usually you know my my wife works night shifts so right. she's she's not sleeping at the same hours as me anyway but it's just like the fact that i know she's in another room in the house then just i just sleep better <laughs> i don't know why well, it's very, very sweet, which is good because you and I, we are both very, uh, we both had very long term commitments to our spouses. So I totally get that. And yeah, it's someone who's been in your life, like you said, 20 years. So of course, you're going to be like, so fine tuned to like, yeah. where are you? You're not here. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I now got confirmed that everything goes to shit when she's not around. So. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for six days. Yeah, it's way, I mean, one or two days maybe, but this is way too much popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is. just no good. And I've noticed, <laughs> I, I never thought it was true, but I know a few other people who have said that they're, they, they see their spouse leaving and they're like, oh, I've got time. I'm going to finish this. I'm not going to be interrupted. I'm going to get all this stuff done. And for some reason, you feel a little bit less directed i don't know i end up really having a harder time focusing even though i know i actually have more time to work on something and so again right. counterintuitive i think oh uh, the other person's not here i'm gonna eat oatmeal and i'm gonna get all this stuff done i'm not gonna make a big dinner and i'm like yeah i'm lonely i'm gonna watch netflix <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> work as well oh, <laughs> darn it yeah Oh, what about what about you then? How, how have you been? <laughs> Good. Well, you know that we've uh, we actually moved this week, so that was yeah. kind of the exciting thing. We left our very adorable apartment that um, thoroughly enjoyed, except for the noise and being right on the main street in Brattleboro, and we're moving just. I think it's only three or four miles south to a little cabin in the woods, but in between, we came running up to Maine to pick up a few things. You. <laughs> It's, it's kind of sad when you're like, yeah, we just drove 300 miles just to go pick up some stuff. But that is America and the distance is here and that's what we needed to do. So we'll be back down to the cabin in just a couple of days and I cannot wait to get it settled. We have some work to do there because there's um, it's part of the agreement for us renting it is that we are actually fixing it up and adding to it a little bit because we've done that before. We've lived in a yurt. We've built cabins. We've done all this craziness. So... I'm looking forward to getting that done. So hopefully I see the end of February and like it'll be done and we'll be moved in and the spring, hopefully it'll snow once. We'll have the snow falling through the pines and the hemlocks and there's a little mm, stream out front. Sounds nice. It's by the wood stove and it'll just be heaven. Until then, I foresee a lot of hard work and ah, I'm getting, I don't know if it's older, or my joints. I love, used to love woodworking, but now I do too much construction. And uh, oh, my Jesus. hands flare up a little bit. So I'm not looking forward to that, but no. we'll get through. <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, got enough of all of that some years back when when we were moving out of our imp apartment and we had to 
fix it up before we sold it and Oof. whatnot. I, I already back then I told my wife, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> I don't care if we have to wait like two more years before we buy or sell anything in the future. We, we have to save up to get some builders to do this stuff for us because I'm not going to do it anymore. No um, I hate it. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So I want to give people a reminder of uh, what we mentioned on last week's episode because this episode that you're listening to right now is airing on the 17th and that special right. offer that we announced last week ends on the 23rd of February, 2020 that is. So basically this is your last chance. So as a reminder, what we're <laughs> offering is an ebook of the plotting guide that we are releasing later this year. And not to forget, we're going to draw one lucky winner at random who will win a free seat in our premium writing course, The Ultimate Fantasy Writer's Guide. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing who the winner is and checking all that out and seeing who joins us on Patreon. So the links are in the show notes. And yeah, come on over while you can, while we have this special offer. We don't do this this often, so uh, now's a great time to join yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's very rare actually that we're doing this sort of thing. So keep in mind that the deadline is on the twenty third, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you just need to join us on Patreon, as, as uh, Autumn said there. And and I, I, I want to mention as well what I said last week that the the plotting guide is actually going to be for sale on for nine ninety nine, and you can right. get in for one dollar here. So yeah, you do the math on that one. <laughs> it's kind of worth joining. I I'd do it if I wasn't already like hosting it. So <laughs> I don't need to. I guess I've been working on the plotting book, and so I know what's in it. And oh yeah, it's it's a good good book. It's going to be really great, and I think help a lot of authors, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And then I had you you forwarded something to me that I had to share because oh, uh, yeah. it's just so it's wonderful to get comments. So everyone who ever comments, even on the podcast, whatever you do, even if you're reading you know, someone's book, comments and reviews are just so wonderful to get. But we had a comment on one of our earlier videos. This is before we switched to being podcast based. So this oh, is something that's, that's only, very old. I know it's so <laughs> old, which is really exciting that someone only just found this YouTube video and they got really exciting. And it was one that is um, plotting a series before you write. So this is something that came out summer of 2019, maybe late spring. And so, oh, okay. he, yeah, it's so not that bad. It's like it's eight, 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 nine bad. months ago. But I wanted people to remember we do have these YouTube videos that are back there that are before the podcast. So if you're really enjoying these, go check them out. They're a little shorter. We put a lot of effort into making these. And uh, people have commented on them. Things like this, like this video had me floored. I'm used to watching several minutes of mindless chit-chat, followed by anywhere from zero to two useful pieces of information, which I may or may not have already heard. Then here comes Miss Autumn telling me that all of this really helpful information I've never heard anywhere, nor figured out on my own. She's casually throwing it down so thick and fast that I had to keep <laughs> replaying segments until I'm sure I have it all written down. You guys are amazing with a couple of G's, which is awesome. I'm so yeah. sorry to see that your good faith attempt at creating a YouTube resource for writers didn't take off, which is why we're on the podcast now. You are both very accomplished and have so much value to share. I am so glad you are staying, even if it meant changing focus 
focus to the podcast format, and I would have been lost without this video and look forward to watching, listening to many more of your offerings as I work on my author dream. So, boom, how is that for making you feel, like, warm and fuzzy? (laughs) Yeah, that's so kind. This is so kind and a great reminder that we have some amazing videos that are they're more visual based because that is the format we were working on. So they only stayed as videos. We never transform them into a podcast. I guess we could always revisit them as a podcast. Yeah. But you no. know, there <laughs> and there's a wonderful YouTube channel. So if you guys have, you know, 20 minutes you want to spend and you've caught up on all of our 60 episodes now of podcasts, go and check out the YouTube channel. Yeah, it, it actually, to be honest, it happens more or it has happened more than once um, that uh, people have posted uh, questions in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group. And uh, all I had to do was actually go to the YouTube channel and grab the <laughs> link to a video and post that as a response to the question raised. Because quite often there, there is a good chance that there will be a video on the channel that actually a- answers the question that you're having because there is a lot of videos on there. <laughs> There's like three years worth of videos or something. So uh, Released once a week. I think you were over 100. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, over 100 videos yeah yeah uh, so uh there's a good chance you can find something but uh, of course you don't have to just keep it's, it's i don't mind at all that you keep posting the questions in 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 the facebook group and but, we'll uh, find them for you <laughs> just know that sometimes i just reply with your video link and that's it <laughs> yeah. fair enough and on to today's topic okay so editing editing um editing 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 i mean I guess there can be a bit confusing about the uh, confusion mm. about this stuff because there's different types of editing. But yes. <laughs> uh, and when you're first starting out, you'll you'll hear different words being used or for or terms in terms of what editing is. But sometimes they're referring to the same thing, <laughs> so they it are. can be a bit confusing. And I, I mean, I do remember when I was first naively working, like I'd done a book and I, before I'd become published, you know, those early manuscripts that you pretend like you never wrote and are buried somewhere on a hard disk that you don't want to lose, but you don't ever really want to find again either. Um, and I really, I thought editing was maybe just punctuation or I really didn't understand that there were different types of editing and that to do it logically, I had to figure out a sequence that worked for me that it's probably why I love editing now because I figured out a sequence that I really think is efficient and shows great results and works. And I know that editing is not just you finish writing draft one and then send it to an editor. There's like this whole, I I have 10 versions usually between the finished draft one and the send to the editor. There's a lot in there. Right. Yeah, but but I think there is like, uh, I, I don't know how you prefer to do this, but I was sort of thinking that we have, at least in my view here, we had like we have like three different levels of editing. editing. So we have developmental editing, we have copy editing, and we have proofreading. That's sort of the way I think about it. Yep. But I don't know if that aligns with your way of thinking it about is. it. It is. I actually wrote down five... Um, versions i don't know each one's slightly different but some of them sort of overlap but yeah so i you have you listed three and i actually considered almost five steps to do with an edit before which is probably why i end up with 10 drafts because i probably do each of them (laughs) twice i guess (laughs) but i agree you call yours you start with a developmental edit i call mine i call it content edit but i think we're getting at the same thing which is yes looking at your overall story structure 
yeah, uh, developmental editing, um, structural editing, you can also call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and what, and what was the word you just used there? Uh, content. Content, content editing. editing, yeah, yes. exactly. And it's all the same thing. It is all the same At thing. At least in and my view, I- it is. <laughs> I, I agree. And I, what I think is interesting is right off the get-go, there is contention on when you do that developmental edit. For oh, me, is there? there is. A lot of people say you have to let your manuscript sit for at least a month, six months, a year. And Why? Yeah, that's what... Uh, there's this huge... I, again, I, I researched editing. This is like... We found one of my weird hobbies, I guess, <laughs> that I don't literally usually let into people know how much I like editing, probably because I, I don't have time to edit other people's work. I barely well, have time to edit. Now you just told everybody own. on a podcast. That's not very I good. I know. <laughs> but I, I love getting tips on editing because I do think it's fun. Um, but yeah, so most people say, you know, you need to let your manuscript, you need to finish it and let it sit so you can come back with a fresh pair of eyes. And while I don't disagree to me, you finish your last page and you know now how your book ends, which is an incredibly important piece of information when you haven't looked at your beginning for a few months, six months, a year, depending on how fast you write. And to me, to me, I like to whip out a sheet of paper and I have a, um, a methodology I do when I do a content edit the first time. And I do the fastest read through in the world and take notes on point of view, characters, the major themes that happen, all of these notes that I then put down. And I even little ones that say, Ooh, rough needs work, needs refinement. I write down the subplots. I write all of this information down on my content edits so that um, after this first read through, and by knowing how it ends, I get to compare it to the beginning and see if it makes sense. Or if I look at it going, it ain't the same book. <laughs> Something mm. happened in there and there's some weird kink that I've got to smooth out or it's not going to work out. I think that's just an incredibly important thing to do. So I tell people, you don't have to wait on your content edit. Just go for it. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, uh, <clears throat> and I, I think that's actually a good thing that we we're coming at it from slightly two different angles because mm-hmm. you edit as well. So in that sense, you are an editor, and therefore you're looking at what do I do when I do this type of editing. Whereas I'm coming from it from the angle of I'm hiring an editor to do this <laughs> stuff. So what am I gonna get uh, when I hire somebody to do developmental editing for me? Exactly. Uh, which, which is interesting because it's 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 the same thing, but it's two different perspective on it. It is, and as again, some people, especially if you're new, uh, you might not be able to figure this out until you've had someone you know shepherd you through it a couple of times, or maybe you have the time and the resources that you can say, I'm not learning how to do this. And you send it to a content editor you trust all the time, which yeah. uh, more power to you if you do. But I, I love being hands-on and doing it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but sometimes, I mean, especially when you're starting out, you need help from other people, so oh, other yes. professionals who knows what they're doing. And at least at developmental editing stage, that's so this has nothing at all to do with grammar and word uh, choice or anything like that. That's not what you're going to get here. Uh, if you're purchasing some uh, a developmental editing from an editor, they f- only focus on story level here. So this is like the big picture. Yeah. So you should expect to get feed- feedback on everything from how the story is structured, uh, continuity issues, maybe problems with your pacing. They mm-hmm. could give you advice on the characters, 
the point of view arcs, that you're using, yeah. yeah, and the arcs and and so on and so on. So yes, basically the point is just to ensure at this stage that your novel will become a let's call it good read <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> word uh, before you actually spend a lot of time on fixing grammar and all that other stuff. So that that'll be. Totally time waste if the editor ends up telling you, you know, chapter four to six is is sort of derailing the entire thing. You need to rewrite those or do something differently or whatever, right? Then you will be glad you didn't spend a lot of time doing grammar stuff on chapter four to six. That That's just going to waste a lot of your time. Um, yes. But I, think I would I, also, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was- Okay, I was gonna say, I think I like to put it that um, you don't know if the words that you would be proofreading to fix the punctuation and the word choice or the spelling, are even the words that are going to make it to the final novel. So this is why you don't start with that. This is a content edit to even just work out the, okay, so I'm building a, I'm working on building a cabin. So this is making sure that the foundation, the structure, the, you know, the roof is going to be supported. It all is laid out the bones of it are truly solid. You need to figure that out before you worry about what color you're going to paint the interior. Yeah. So we can call, we can talk about uh, the cost uh, towards the end here for each of the types of editing, but I, I guess the quite unfortunate part here is that this developmental editing, if you are, if, if you're looking at it from the angle of hiring an editor, like I am and not, not talking about doing it yourself, then, uh, the unfortunate part about this is that this is usually something that the beginning writer needs. Mm-hmm. And it is also the most time consuming and therefore also the most expensive type of editing. So that's a bit, it's a bit sad that that's the way it is. So when you're first starting out and you have no money for it, then that's where, that's where <laughs> you have to buy the most expensive type of editing. But uh, yeah, I don't know, but that's just what it is. It is. And I mean, I know some people get, try to get by with beta readers or alpha readers or a really good author friend who's more of a mentor. So there are other avenues, but definitely almost every first time writer, new writers really need to do a content edit, help someone, you have someone help them through a content edit. It would be a really unusual for you to write a first novel with all on your own and it's perfect and doesn't have any problems or structural plot plot problems or character oh, arcs. really you burst my bubble there sorry <laughs> just being truthful <laughs> but it's possible you might be that one millionth percentile that can do it <laughs> right but i definitely think this one's worth getting done but it is huge and time consuming and you can work with someone for months if not years to make your novel perfect or at least as perfect as it's gonna get well, so, be careful I yeah it's as you know as best as it's going to get and don't spend yeah. years on your novel please no but, probably uh, not unless unless you're really young and you have a lot of learning to do and you're really a perfectionist but hopefully it won't take that long but this is definitely one of the most expensive edits you can hire someone to do yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if we climb up the editing ladder, then my next entry is copy editing. I don't know what yours are. You have five, yeah, so I do. Well, after my can my read through, so I kind of consider it initial read through where you do all of this outlining and get all this stuff together, and then it's going back through and the chapters you like needs to be fixed or subplot lost, fixing all those problems. So that's still part of the content edit. I have like a read through okay. and then content edit. So those are two parts of this whole. Right. So my next one is uh, the grammar and punctua- punctuation. So yes, a copy edit. So 
I agree. This is after you got to the point where you feel like all the chapters, all the the pacing's right, the characters are right, the words have you know been smoothed out. Now you need to work on word choice as well as some grammar and punctuation. You're getting that smoothness that's starting to look like, like uh, polishing polish. stuff. Yeah. yeah, starting to get that nice sheen to it. Yeah. Some also call this stuff line editing. And again, in my book, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know, some might argue otherwise. But I, I, in my view, copy editing and line editing is the same thing. Um, so the editor will review your manuscript and, um, or yeah, first draft, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but you know, once you're done with the novel and you feel like this is the best that I can make it on my own, you probably have done several self-editing passes on it already. Um, then they will start fixing spelling, grammar, punctuation errors, uh, and, and that, those sorts of things. Um, and why I'm saying that copy editing and line editing isn't the same thing. Mm. Uh, if you want to separate these two, then I would say copy editing will only focusing, focus on grammar, while line editing becomes a more like deep dive into meaning the meaning of each sentence and your word choices and stuff like that. But uh, so, so those who argue that it's two different things, that's what they will tell you that mm-hmm. that's the difference between copy editing and line editing. But to me, the editor do, does this in one, one pass. So, and usually when we get editing done on our books as well, our editors will both fix grammar and punctuation errors, but they will also tell or make suggestions to us with comments about, hey, you know, maybe you reuse this word uh, or you reuse this word three times on this page or would it make more sense you use this word instead because I think it clarifies better what you're meaning and that that sort of thing, right? So that's, to me, you get that in one go, but uh, some will argue differently, but yeah, so be it. Yeah, and I think most good uh, editors least the ones i use will actually try to do two passes so they'll do one and they'll do a second one and sometimes they'll do a uh, computer aided one which is obviously an option and then they try to do a you know a red one a personal one so that they can get it and a good editor will if they see a sentence that does not make sense they will flag it they'll say i'm not sure what you mean here this doesn't sound clear a good mm. editor will also say, are you sure you met this character? Because I know I've done that. Sometimes you have a character in your head and you type the wrong name. <laughs> yes. And, or your pronoun choice was incorrect. So that's that's always something that hopefully you have Didn't an editor. Didn't you just say at. that his eyes was blue in the previous chapter and now they're brown? <laughs> oh, if you have an editor who's that good, keep them forever. Send them candy, whatever it is they need to keep them happy. And yeah. I would say... This one, I call this, I have a two to three level on this one. So, I mean, I have to fix the problems from the content edit. And then I have going through each of the chapters so that the ones I say sounds rough, you know, smoothing them out so that the words sound a little bit better. Then I go through and I do what I think is a good grammar punctuation, like a good line edit. Everything should kind of fill up. And I often find myself going, oh, wait, did this happen? And, you know, checking things. But then my final, final pass when I'm doing my line editing is I actually start at the end of the novel and work to the front. And I do that by paragraph, not by sentence, because I'm not that cruel to myself. But I do know some people who do it by sentence. And literally starting with the last page, looking at the last paragraph, I read it and I start going backwards because this is a fantastic way of seeing your punctuation really clearer, seeing your word choice 
And oh yes, by the way, I'm also keeping a list of times when I like see that I have favorite words I've used way too many times in the novel or things I've consistently misspelled. I'm keeping a side list so that when I'm done, I could also do a search find and go and look for any of those other ones I've messed up. Like I said, I, I am anal with my editing. <laughs> I admit it. No, but that, that's what an editor need to be. Right? Yes. I mean, you, you have to be very, very focused on the details and, and oh, yes. very perfectionist kind of way, you know, because otherwise the editor is no good. Yes. And that's, I mean, and I still pay for an editor on top of doing all this on my own. So this is just my passes. And I always feel devastated at how many errors they still find in my own writing after I've done all these 10 drafts of passes. But it goes to show I've done 10 drafts of passes and I'm anal to the core and I'm running Grammarly and I'm running search and find and replace and I'm still missing things. It's amazing what you miss. You always need to have someone else look over your stuff. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing, right? I mean, especially like if we're talking fantasy novels, so we have like a a hundred thousand words that's like four hundred pages, mm-hmm. and you just get you get blind to it because oh, you once you've been over it ten times, you start to seeing the what your mind wants you to see and not what it actually says on the page. And, I and think, that's why and shifting to another person helping you to take a look that they'll catch the stuff that, and when they do you uh, and you get it back with track changes you are like how could I miss that <laughs> no and that's to me the beauty of reading it backwards is you cannot get caught yeah, up in smart. your own storytelling you have to look at just those words and some people reading it out loud works well changing the font or the font size works well but for me I just like reading it backwards it works pretty seamlessly and my husband husband and I are both uh, sound sensitive so uh, even we don't watch many videos because we don't like noise and we, or we have it on mute uh, so I'm not gonna sit there and read 105,000 words out loud oh. especially backwards <laughs> it would kill me it's gonna take two months man <laughs> I read much faster but yeah so that's the idea is you don't want to be caught up in your own writing because oh it happens you start falling in love with the romance scene or you the climax is getting exciting and you don't pay attention to your word choice again so it's very important to find a way of breaking that And I have to say, it's really helpful that when you send it to your editor and you correct the changes that they come back with to then if you have time and you're not really so anxious to publish it, letting it sit for two weeks and then reading through the whole thing one last time is is also amazing what you'll find that you want to tweak and what maybe they didn't see to recommend on word choice and how many times you use the same word. So yeah, there's, oh, you can keep going on edits at some point you just have to say it's done it's what i i try not to read i try not to critically read something else i've written and have edited because i know i'll start tweaking things again Mm. yeah yeah absolutely so the final stage on my ladder is then the proofreading uh, so this is the lightest form of editing and also the least expensive of them Mm -hmm. all uh, and this is exactly what it sounds like. So this is just the editor will go over the manuscript and fix any spelling, grammar, and punctuation errors. And then you might say, but wait a minute, wasn't this what you just explained as being the copy edit? And uh, hey, thank you for paying attention. That's what, what that was exactly <laughs> what I was saying. But yes. where, the, where the difference is, though, is that with the copy edit, we also just talked about how the editor will give you suggestions on the words that you use or the meaning of the sentences and mm-hmm. and do the, give you some sort of feedback on that sort of thing and where they might suggest you do some changes, whereas the proofreader will typically not do that. 
They, they will just go through the manuscript. They will just fix errors and that's it. Uh, so you're not going to get any copy edit type of feedback as well. So that's the difference between copy editing and proofreading. Yes, it's a much lighter one. You might not get the noticing the pronoun choices or the questions of like, are you sure you meant this character here? Uh, those more personal touches and kind of like, oh, you've been paying attention to what I've been writing are not there. It is literally like someone going, you misspelled this, you missed an in, you have, should have a period or a semicolon here. And that's about it. Yeah, exactly. So do you have more on your editing no, but at that the point, like there? I said, I've I've pretty much after I've done mine, I've sent it to the editor, and when I get it back, I'll do the accept and reject changes, which sometimes I do mm -hmm. reject changes, and mm -hmm. if I can, I try to set it aside, and then I do probably something that comes up more as the the light proofread, looking for any last changes and last mistakes that maybe the editor or I have missed. And sometimes I have to say, if you have some good beta readers or some really trusted friends, it's after I've done send it to the editor, maybe I'll send it to them, which will give me maybe another month uh, before I see what they have to say, accept and reject their changes and have my final uh, run through as well. So yeah, you're probably at 10 to 15 versions in my camp at this point. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but but that's how it is, right? I mean, it is. And I think there is a good point in in what you just said around approving and de declining changes because mm -hmm. just because the editor says that they want you to change something doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it. Um, you can reject changes and and just say no. What I wrote was what I meant, and that's yeah. what I wanted to say, and that's okay. But I would just say as well that you're paying a professional person to do this work and they do this work all the time. So try to, you know, if you are rejecting some changes, I would say be damn sure that this is really what you want to do. I mean, I would say you should probably like accept like 95% of the changes they want to do because yes. they're probably right. Yes. Uh, so it's only like of, of the few ones where you're 100% certain, like, no, this is exactly what I want it to say. And then stick with it if, if that's the case. But uh, don't be too much like double, you know, or questioning, I should rather say, questioning what the editor is sending back to you because, yeah, they know what they're doing, at least if you've got a good editor, right? So yes. and you I have to say, listen to them. Yeah, and definitely. And there are, if you've done a good job and selected the correct editor, you should have a good trust and you should really at least look at their what they've suggested. And if you don't understand or you disagree, you could should be able to open a dialogue and say, by the way, I was just, I don't agree with this. Or could you explain this a little bit more? But I definitely know, like when I was starting out, maybe I had some editors that I thought had come recommended. And I know I had one that changed all my goddesses to God, singular, plural, capital. And that was a nightmare when I realized that. And I have to say that I never sent her a fantasy one again, because it just was like, wow, okay, so from now on, I'm going to check religions and let people know up front um, about the content so that I do not right. have um, such weird things happening. And yeah. I've had another editor who gave me a fantastic uh, few pages of an example edit. I loved it, went with him, and he ended up, the manuscript he gave me back, I think it had, I can't remember how many changes, it was an outrageous number of changes, and he had gone through and changed all of my 
action tags and dialogue to dialogue tags. So it would be like growled, grumbled, said, instead of picking up a glass or something. And I was trying to fix it. And I finally just kind of broke down in tears. And my husband's like, just tell him you want your money back. You, There's no way you will ever feel confident that he didn't, that you didn't miss something that he changed. And yeah. I had to agree with him. I was devastated. So there are some issues with editors and make sure you do your, like I said, I thought I did due diligence on that one. I still secretly think he subleased out his editing to someone, a third party yeah, because it was such a big change. So I don't want to get people scared, but editing is expensive and there are definitely steps to find a good editor. And one of the best ones is to talk to author friends and say, who do you use? And do you like them? Who do you recommend? <laughs> Yeah, that actually reminds me uh, of what actually what we just said before as well. Because <laughs> if you go onto the I'm Writing Fantasy YouTube channel, there is actually a video there where I'm talking you through like how do you find an editor, and I'm basically yes. because in my uh, in in j- day job land, uh, I have hired a lot of contractors over the years. And basically, you need it's it's sort of the same thing here. You are hiring a contractor, so you're buying a service, and the editor is selling you a service. So you need to approach this in the same way as you would if you're hiring a contractor to do something else, and you need to vet out who are the good ones and who are the bad ones. And obviously, you want to end up with the good one. So if you will put a link to that video in the show notes, so you can go straight from there and check it out if you're interested. But actually, it will talk you through the steps that you need to go through to find a good editor. And I can promise you, if you do what I'd say in that video, uh, there is a very, very high likelihood. <laughs> it's not a guarantee, but there's a very high likelihood <laughs> that uh, that you will end up with a good editor. And editing is not like a protected title. You know, everybody can open a website and call themselves an editor and, and sell their true. services. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the problem we are facing here. So they can charge you quite a lot of money to do something. And then what you're getting back, especially if you're new to writing, you won't be able to sort of see or tell that something is off. So you might take their word for gospel and then they head you down a completely wrong path. Yes. So that's the danger. But uh, yeah, check that video out there, uh, the link in the show notes if you are interested in that. Sounds good. Okay, so we were going to talk about pricing before we wrap yes. up. Yes, well, I think that's a good point. To get yeah, let's over get to and- that just so people have an idea of expectations, because I think some of the problems are uh, maybe going for a low end one, not going in, wanting to save money, which I totally understand. And maybe getting someone who doesn't quite know what they're doing. And then you end up paying for something that you end up having to maybe pay again, or you lose sales or you get bad reviews. And that's a really high cost of itself. So you should go into this knowing that there is a cost you're paying for a professional and you want to be paying a professional to do this, not um, your aunt's cousin's best friend. No, no, absolutely not. No, no. Unless they have to be a really good professional editor, but (laughs) no, but these are professional people, right? So, so of course you are paying for a professional piece of work. Uh, It's this, this is not where you want to skimp on, on money. Right. I mean, and the same, we're going to say this again over and over again in the self public success course for later this year. But when I'm talking about covers in that course, I, I keep saying the same thing, you know, this is not where you're going to save your money. No. Uh, so I was trying to find some, I, I searched quite a lot on the internet earlier today to see if I can find some industry standard rates for reference points, but I wasn't quite able to. 
So what I can do here is, at least from my end, I can sort of give you what I believe should be around the rate that you should be paying for the okay. different types of editing. Uh, but of course, this is based on my own sort of point of view and, and experience. So you can also correct me or challenge me, Autumn, if you think that I'm off on some of this. But uh, but at least this is how I see it. Um, and at least it gives you people a bit of a, a pointer on what they can expect. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Nothing else. And I've definitely, like you said, I've done this in the past for other people. I've been an editor, so I can tell you if I think it's falling in the rates I find... I remember as being about the going rate. Um, right. But yeah, it's been a couple of years now. <laughs> okay. So I have three stages here, like we talked about developmental editing, copy editing, and proofreading. And uh, I've tried to put some pricing together for each of those three stages. Okay. Uh, to see what you can expect. And we can we can just circle back afterwards a bit to the more experienced author and on what what you need because you, mm-hmm. you might skip some of this stuff. But okay. at least if, if we assume for now that you're going to go through all three stages of editing here, then you start with the developmental edit that we talked about before. And I would say you can probably expect to pay something like $6 per page. Mm-hmm. And normally you would say that uh, there is 250 words on a page. So that if we calculate that, that means that if you have a hundred thousand word fantasy novel, which is quite common, that gives you four hundred pages to edit. So at six dollars per page, that's twenty four hundred dollars for the development edit. Yeah, and I honestly think that is a pretty good average price, but also possibly on the low end. A really in depth someone who might work with you to really talk about the character development, character arts. You could be paying for a fantasy novel up to five to six thousand. Oh yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. so so these are like uh, so, some Starting average figures? rates that, yeah. that I think you can expect around. But you can go on all of these. I would say you can go <laughs> a lot more expensive. I mean, the, oh, the yeah. best the best editors out there, they have so many clients that they can charge a, a premium. Oh, but they're also they extremely can. good at what they do. So you get what you pay for here. Definitely. But I would say 24, uh, to me, that's actually not even the the middle. It's kind of a low end average. Okay. Uh, three to, f- three three to, to four, four is probably average to mm, me for something enough. as long as a fantasy. And if you're talking series, uh, let's just start with book one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you can hear, this is the most expensive type of editing. And, and unfortunately, as we said before, this is what you need when you're first starting out. So that's a bit of a shame, but yeah, that that's it. Uh, if the we then move it, the on, the improvements to... you'll see are amazing. So yeah, it's it, worth it, it makes at least a difference. Once. Pull all your friends and family and have them for one year. This is your birthday present. And <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah. So next stage is then copy editing, and here I would say then we go down from the six dollars per page to probably like four dollars per page, mm-hmm. and at four hundred pages that gives you sixteen hundred dollars for a copy edit. Yeah, I think that's a very, very fair, very honest average. It could be, I think, as low as twelve hundred, as high as twenty four hundred. But that's yeah, that's a good average. Yeah, and proofreading is after that. Then it gets even cheaper. You can probably get that for three dollars per page. So that's a total of twelve hundred dollars for a hundred thousand word fantasy novel. But I would also say it it depends on what what you can find because. We, with our proofreaders, for example, that we use for our novels, we are paying like $300 for a proofread. Mm-hmm. So it certainly does not have to cost 1200 at all. But 
I think if if we just go like on random checks with Readsy, for example, if you go on Readsy, which is like a website that has a lot of uh, editors that you can hire, I think you should expect probably like twelve hundred dollars for a, a proofread. Right. But it it can be a lot cheaper than that as well. Yeah. But again, you need to be careful here because especially with proofreading, some people charge a very minimal fee for it, but what you get is also pretty bad. So yes. you need to be careful. I agree. And yeah, I mean, I've seen very, very cheap and sometimes they're amazing. I I have a few beta readers who refuse to get paid and they're wonderful editors and I love them to <laughs> death. <laughs> Find them, keep them, love them yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. But yeah, then even still going through an editor, I mean, you can get away with three, 600, uh, 900, somewhere in there, it's definitely the lesser end, but it's also not someone who's going to really, they're going to fix some stuff, but they're not going to make it shine that if you don't know how to make it shine on your own, you might still feel like you're missing something if you just do a proofread. Yeah. Okay, so you can see that that at least gives you something like to go through all the the stages, then you're up to like five, six, seven thousand dollars, maybe something like that. Yeah, um, it's not just, cheap. No, well, but it's it's the cost of of uh, of putting out a professional piece of work, which which you have to do. Uh, but on the other hand, I would say, don't get like disheartened by the cost of editing, because in the grand scheme of things, if you're if you're looking at authorship as a business, you know, this is your biggest expense. And compared to other types of businesses, I mean, together with the cover, of course, that, that'll be slightly expensive as well. But compared to other types of business, this is not a lot of money yeah. to run a company on. You know, four, five, six thousand dollars if you tell much other industries that this is your cost base, they will happily take that. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> 50 grand just to get started, right? Where we can do it for five. So it's it's not too bad but i do respect and understand of course that for some people it is a lot of money and then you just have to save for it but what i don't want uh, to give as advice is that uh, have you ever heard the, the 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 term saying minimal viable product have you heard that before i have heard that before in terms I, of I marketing <laughs> <laughs> so basically the idea is that you 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 do it as well as you can uh, and then you publish it and then, of course, you're going to get complaints. Mm-hmm. And then you read the complaints and then you start updating based on that. So, And then once you've sold enough and you have money for an editor, then you hire an editor and you make them do a proofread, for example. But honestly, this is just hurting your brand very yeah. badly. So I would don't do that. I, yeah, I don't Rather save and then publish later. Unless you're like doing it under a pen name and you plan on killing off that author pen name so oh, that you don't not care about that. the reputation. That's yeah, I wouldn't recommend it as the best way of building an author career. You know, no, go into it. Sure and not. and like we mentioned, circling back around as you get better, hope maybe you can get out the con- you know, drop the content edit, or maybe you can find a beta reader who's gonna be your proofreader and really all you're doing is that middle level about sixteen hundred, or maybe you'll find someone who'll do it for twelve. I mean, I've been with my current editor for like five or six books, and at that point we're pretty much like, Hey, you gotta do this for me. Hey, yeah, I'll do it for that. Oh, hey, thanks, because I'm a repeat customer. At this point, you know, he's making money off of me because he knows I'll be back again and again and again. So you know, I'm at a rate that I'm sure he's upped his rates for other people, but I'm still at the low rate from five years ago. Yay! 
<laughs> yeah, well, but I, I and I think maybe maybe to finish off, you know, for the more experienced writer, it it probably goes without saying. I mean, if we we can use ourselves as example, right? Mm-hmm. We we do not do developmental editing. We don't pay anybody from it uh, for for developmental editing. But of course, we do ping pong ping pong back and forth between ourselves in terms right. of making sure that there is consistency in the manuscript and 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 all the steps that of the story make sense and the character arcs and all that. We do we do that between us. Uh, so exactly. And, and once you've written enough novels, you don't need to develop in that edit anyway. You you will know where the problems are, and you will know how probably even to fix them yourself. Absolutely. Uh, so so that's part you can skip once you get a bit further ahead. And then what we do, at least uh, on our end, is that we once Autumn have done all her editing, which of course we have that benefit that Autumn knows what she's doing there, <laughs> so that's a bit of a benefit. Um, but once she's done with all her editing. Then we send it off to a copy edit. Mm-hmm. So the first editor that gets it will then do both the proofreading, but also give us feedback on words and sentences and all the stuff we talked about in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get it back from there. Then Autumn will accept and decline the changes. But then we actually send it to a second editor. But this is only a proofread then in the last stage. Uh, so that we make sure that we use two different editors on all our books because as we talked about before, you get blind after. Even editors get blind oh, yeah. on, on the words. So giving it to another editor at the last stage, and, and they, this last stage is not expensive. We probably pay like $300 for that last step, so it's not yeah. too bad. No. Um, so by then, Autumn have been <laughs> through the manuscript like 15 <laughs> times, and we've had two editors going through it. And I even then, I have to tell you that there are still errors in it. Yeah. It's just impossible to avoid it. We just, I mean, I, I keep a side list if I hear back from someone who's like points it out and I, I don't immediately change everything as soon as someone tells me about it. I keep a list and I try to once or twice a year do an update and fix everything at once because otherwise you're you're getting, you know, you're fixing something twice one month and once the next month it'll drive you crazy. But yeah. Yeah. I usually go through these books enough that I have them memorized. People ask me like years later, oh, I can't believe you remember that scene. It's like, are you kidding? I can recite this in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, and then we move on to the next book and soon we've forgotten all about it. So that's how life works. In, maybe in the you life do, of, I don't of know. I still remember it all. <laughs> uh, well, I think if I had to go back and redo like book one or something, I think I would have to read up on it. I, I don't, I remember most of it, but I don't yeah. remember the details. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. So Autumn, if I get some outro music going here, you will have about 10 seconds to tell the All listener right. about next Monday's episode. So are All you up right. for that? I'm up. Let's race. All right, so next week on episode 61, I have a special guest, Alexa Bigworth, organizer of the Women in Publishing Summit. And we're going to talk about some issues facing women writers. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.